0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to the live Q and A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well on this uh, magnificent um, Thursday. Hope you guys are are finishing the week strong, ready to make your weekend a blessing. Right? <laughs> anyway, enough wordplay there. But I hope you all are doing well. For those joining me for the very first time, my name is Josh he Also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach. But for those who's been rocking with me, whether you've been watching or listening for a long time, I want to say thank you all so much for trusting what God has entrusted in me. And I pray it continues to be treasured. But as everyone is coming in live, getting their questions ready. And if you are watching, like, hey, man, how do I get my questions? Make sure you hit all post notifications, man. So you'll know when I go live because no man, no woman knows the hour that I will go live. But you'll know if you get that notification. Almost I think that when the rapture happens And when God comes to get his church That there might be like a little notification You may not know that God's coming But there might be a like, bing and then there's a whoosh you know, but, anyway. but for those who's coming in right now Getting a question I'm to let you guys know About some things I got going on Like my latest book Facts over feelings It's a book to help you process your feelings So that you can get back To fulfilling your purposes in life Your roles in life is a great book To really help you really understand What your feelings are And how to find the facts behind them If you're looking for a journal To help you hold things better To assess how whole you are To hold things This book The Holding Journal Will be a great resource for you To help you hold The important things in life well We also have a card game that goes with. It's a fun interactive card game to help you really begin to have great discussion along the lines of wholeness and and preparation. If you're looking for a book to help you better understand the purpose of your singleness so that you'll begin to find the benefits and the purposes of being single. This book right here is a magnificent book, a resource I think will be blessing to you. If you're looking for a book to help you date God, date yourself, and become dateable, so that you can take the love of your life forever. This book right here, dating prep, be a great resource for you. Also, if you're just a single per- a person that's also uh who's dating someone and you guys want to make sure y'all are on the same word, the same sentence, on the same paragraph, on the same page, this book right here will be a great resource to really see who you're really dating at this moment. If you're looking for a book to better discern uh what's in front of you, whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, and you want to better discern the will of God for your life and, and who needs to be in your life, this book right here will be a great resource for you. If you struggle with soul, ties and strongholds, and you want to understand. The purpose of freedom, so when the sun sets free, is free indeed. This book right here is a good book indeed to really help you. Untie those Soul Ties to uproot those strongholds. If you're looking for a book that uh, helps you with spiritual warfare, or better understand how to put on the whole armor of God, this book World War Me would be a great resource for you. And if we have, we also, if you have young people um, fourth grade enough that you like, hey man, I want my child to better understand the, who they are and their art form. This book, as he says. As is for the students I serve, it's a great resource there. We have merch as well as our website. Um, And so all that's available now on my website, iamunplug.com All right, let's get right into it. Oh, we got questions already in the building. Give me some water and get going. D- Delicia, how you doing? Hope you well. <clears throat> Purpose, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. Jazz, what's up, family? Good to see you. Joshua Pittman says, hey, Josh, I've been believing for my healing for my eyes for some time now. I pray healing over them every day in Jesus name. And I have been believing. I received it in Jesus name, like in Mark 11, 24. Let's see if you have anything else. Uh, What else do I do? I even surrendered them to Jesus as well as and been, having been waiting on the Lord for strength. I'm a little discouraged and I need some advice. I believe in the word and in healing. Well, I always say this. Uh, healing happens when habits change. Any, There's a root reason for all diseases. There's a root reason for all diseases, whether it's stress, whether it's dieting, whether it's uh, emotional distress, whatever it is, spiritual, demonic, whatever. There's always a root reason for... Uh, for, for diseases, right? And so when you understand that, you will begin to say, instead of me praying to God for my healing, let me ask God to reveal the root reason, reasoning or uh, reason for why I'm not healed yet. Right, and it's because some things it could be spiritual, It could be a demonic hold, it could be something where it may require deliverance. It may be a requirement of changing your diet, or it could be an investment more in your devotion. It could be with various different things, but God will give you wisdom on that, right? And so, so you can do all these things. You can surrender. You can pray. But if there's no discipline to to couple with that desire, then there won't be no deliverance of the disease. If that makes sense. So what I would do is is start taking some time to say, Holy Spirit. Reveal to me the root reason of why I have eye problems. Is it because of dieting? Is it because of something demonic? Is it because of uh, 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 things around my house or so whatever it could be? There could be many reasons on why um, that is there. But if we just pray about it, but don't play about it, like be about it, then it might not uh, be about it in our lives. And so I hope to help family. Um, so I would ask the Holy Spirit, what is the root reason on why you feel this way or why your eyes have problems and then see how God will solve them by making the adjustments in your life. All right, cool. Make sure to one more. Kira, what's going on? Hope you're well. Georgia Davis says, what up coach? Josh is Jojo out of Fort Worth, Texas. How do I develop my confidence to talk about my walk with God and what he has done for me? When uh, it begins with reflection, when you think about the goodness of the Lord, you can't help but build joy. You can't help but think on uh, the goodness of the Lord and, and it, it'll exude out of your life. Right. Uh, um, and, and what, that's what helps me. Uh, and, and sometimes it may not, you may not be the type of person wired to just go outside and just share your testimony. Right. But like for me, I share my testimony through my videos, through my books, there's different creative outlets that I can reveal on how God has been faithful and good to me. Right. And so how do you develop your confidence? You develop your confidence by by uh, understanding that God is solid. And what I mean by that is, is that that, that's a good product. Like you're confident, whatever your top product is, your top uh, thing that you enjoy the most, you're confident about that product because of how consistent that product is and how good that product is. And you've tried it for yourself. And because you tried it for yourself, you can offer it to someone else. Right. Because the product is that good. And since God is that good as a person, that good at salvation, that good at deliverance, that good, that good, that good. that, good, that no matter what hood you are in, no matter what place you're in, you can definitely share the goodness of God to them because you are reflecting and, and reminiscing on the goodness of the Lord and you try them for yourself. And that alone will bring confidence. You can talk to a person about whether it's Chick-fil-A, whatever restaurant you go to, fast food, whatever. You're confident about it because you tried it for yourself. Right. And so when it comes to talking about your walk with God, like for me, I'm not the type of person to just go out on the street and just talk to somebody about God. That's just not, I'm not wired that way. I'm too introverted for that. But when the anointing flows through me or when someone asks me a question or when I'm preaching, teaching, whatever, there's multiple ways, a myriad of ways by which I can show people the goodness of God and how he's been good to me. So find your outlet, but don't feel bad if you're not the person that can just walk out and scream on the hills of a city and declare the goodness of God. You might not be that person, but if you're a person that says, you know what, I can share the goodness of God through poetry, through, uh, through writing, through singing, through dance, through Whatever it is, and I think you'll begin to see the benefit of those different creative outlets to share how God has been good to you. Great questions, y'all. <clears throat> I see here. Purpose says, "As a man, how to become more attractive and active in life and your purpose?" Uh, let's read it again. As a man, how to become more attractive and active in life and your purpose? Well, you got you. You can't be subtractive if you want to be attractive. If you want to attract, you can't subtract unless you want to subtract the bad things, right? And what I mean by that is you got to be a man that says, I'm going to keep investing in me. I'm going to keep developing me. I'm gonna continue to grow deeper in the things of God and exude the things of God and become a a man of God, right? And then as you invest more in your personal development, you then become more attractive. The more you are aware of what your purpose is and more aware of the power of being present and and being aware of just how um, significant and sufficient God's presence is, then you'll begin to see yourself naturally growing in attraction to things that God wants to bring into your life, right? And so when it comes to the things in life, you got to ask them, what are the things in life that you want? Wife, children, family, um, uh, 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 a good name, um, success, whatever it is, you write it down on a sheet of paper. And right beside it, I want you to write down what type of man are you right now? So I want you to write down the man you are now in comparison to the things that you want to have in your life. And then in the middle between those two, I want you to write down the areas of improvement, the areas of growth. Right? And then and when you look at those areas of development, growth and improvement, then you begin to focus on that. And as you focus on making yourself better, you begin to be surrounded by better. Right. And so if you want to attract more purpose, then you got to be more attractive to God because the more attractive God is to you, the more you become the real you and the real you begins to attract the things that's actually for you. The reason why we don't have the things that God wants us to have, because we're not the person of the things that we desire to have. We don't have enough love, joy, peace, uh, patience. We don't have enough goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We don't have enough of that to attract it. God, things are looking for godly people. Mature people, people are able to manage, right? And so you just have to be real with yourself. The worst person to lie to is yourself. And so you got to ask yourself, what is subtracting the attraction of me? What's subtracting the attractive? Right. And so then you got to begin to repent of certain root sins, then begin to confess and repent from and allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, get activated, act more active in the word of God, get more active in in prayer and talking to God, become more uh, subtractive when it comes to certain things that you're engaged in, whether it's shows, music, whatever, that's caused you to be tainted by carnality, because things that are clear from God don't mix well with uh, carnality. Right? And so there's just certain things that have to be cut off off your life and allowing you to grow more into the character of Christ so that you can be attracted to the things that God has attracted or has been sent out for your life. So if you become more, you attract more. Hope to help. Raw Scout says, hey, coach, I feel like gluttony is a sin. And that it isn't talked about enough. What are some tips you have to help people control their eating and build healthy habits? Great question. Yeah. Gluttony is a form of lust or overbearing desire for food due to the root reason of uh due to re- root causes of insecurity, um, insignificance, things of that such, right? And so gluttony is when you just constantly eat for emotional reasons or for pleasure reasons, right? So you have to understand <clears throat> most of us eat solely because of the taste buds. But it tastes but it's only a small percentage of the whole digestive system. Imagine if we ate more for the whole digestive system. That doesn't mean that you don't like that you don't eat things that taste good. For instance, um, the outer appearance of a person is a part of the attraction of a person, right? A person can look good, but if they're not good, they're gonna ultimately not be good for you. So but, if, but at the same time, you like what you like. So, so you may be attracted to them spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So if the physical attraction is just as important or co-ex, uh, co-equal with the other aspects, right? Because you got eyes, right? The same as with your digestive system and the tongue. There's nothing wrong with eating good food, but you have to consider the rest of the digestive system. Because if you eat just for taste and you eat just for emotional ease, then you're going to set yourself up for disease. See what I'm saying? So if you want to eliminate disease, consider what you eat for plea for pleasing purposes, right? So what you do is you gotta say, okay, when I eat this burger, when I eat these fries, even though they taste good, this donut, whatever it is, even though it tastes good, will it be good for, for me? Right? And, and and a lot of reason why the, one of the main reasons why people glutton it is glutton it is because of just emotionally eating. I was guilty of that for a long period of time because I love food so much. Not that I love food so much like that, but I love the taste of food and whatever. Then I began to correlate um, the feelings that I have for food to make me feeling good, right? And then all of a sudden, I got too big and I realized, hey, man, this ain't good. And so what are some and how to help some people control their eating and build healthy habits? You got to reverse engineer your taste. You got you to gotta change your taste. You got to begin to have a purpose. See, when you begin to have a purpose for something and you begin to say, hey, this is the life that I desire to live and I want to live to see my children's children, you'll make certain changes. But then you got to have something to live for. You got to have something to, to be for. Right. And then you'll change the way you eat. And then what you do is you'll begin to see how much you didn't really like a food. When you eat the food after you haven't ate the food in a long period of time, because if I last time I went the Waffle House, I haven't been since maybe six, seven months ago. I Before that seven months ago, I haven't ate Waffle House for five months prior to that. So when I was eating Waffle House every Friday after work, every Friday after work, Waffle House tastes normal to me. <clears throat> Waffle House tastes amazing to me. But when I tasted it after a while from not tasting it, when I tasted it again, I was like, something ain't right with this. I even was like, did they change the ingredients? <laughs> did, they, did they? Is the waffle different? And because it made me not feel good, because my body was like, I thought we was off that, Josh. And I tasted it again. It was like, fam, this ain't this ain't for me. And I haven't been back since. Same as with Bojangles. Same with a lot of different places I used to go to all the time. And now is there's no taste or desire for it anymore because I I removed it out of my life for a period of time. Because I had something that I had to really get myself in shape for because we was we conceived the child and we we now we have I have a daughter now and and, and I can't just be out here just eating. Right? So I hope they help. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unique Leah says, hey coach, what are your best methods for learning how to establish boundaries and friendships and people in general who come to you for ministry, especially in seasons where you feel called to rest? Listen, you you're not gonna be your best for someone if you haven't rest. You know, let me read that again so I can understand it. Hey, coach, what are your best methods for learning how to establish boundaries? There we go. And friendships and in people in general who come to you for ministry, especially in seasons where you're called to rest. Listen, uh, we said friendships, right? Let's start with friends. Uh, real friends understand. Real friends will understand because you can't be that one man or that man for them. They understand. Uh, first off, in ministry now, I've learned that most people come to you because they don't want to go to God. You know how the father, the the father, mother type thing in a household that a child will go to whichever the weaker parent is. And, and whatever, they'll try to avoid dad because they know dad going to say no quickly. Or they'll try to avoid mom because they know mom's going to say no quickly. And so they try to go to people because they know if they go to God. Uh, uh, then it was not whatever it is. That's why I tell the truth. And sometimes when you tell the truth, people kind of avoid you <laughs> because you tell the truth to them sometimes. And in and, and love, of course. But then when you tell them the truth, they'll be like, I Then you begin to see if they really want to live for God, or live for their own carnal reasons. But for you, the boundary that I will set is is letting them know. People that come to you regularly, I'll let them know at this season right now, I'm not going to be available as I once was. And if people can't handle the commu- you, you communicating your boundaries, then you have to show your boundaries through your absence. Simple as that. If people can't respect that you got to take care of yourself, But it means they were never really genuine uh, about yourself. They weren't genuine about you. (laughs) They only wanted you for the advice. They only wanted you for whatever it is that they want. And when people only want you for what you can give versus the person that you are, that's when you begin to keep them afar. Right. People in general, it is what it is. You got to look out for you at all costs. There's times where I'm like, man, I can't help you. I can't help you right now. I got to take a nap. I got to rest. And sometimes I don't get back to people to two or three or four days. And that's okay. Because if you're not okay with me ensuring that I'm okay, then this ain't going to go no further, All right? Enjoy your season. And those who are there, who God has sent you to serve, you serve them. So the best, best method is to communicate your boundaries to people that you know, that you have, that you love, that you're friends with. Communicate your boundaries and be committed to your boundaries. You have to realize, <clears throat> excuse me, you're in partnership with Jesus, man. I tell people all the time, Jesus opened 24-7. I close at 9 o'clock. Now that I have a door now I close about 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Close. Close. <clears throat> Probably before then. Close before then. It depends on who my coaching sessions, depending on whatever. I'm closed. And they have to understand that. And if they don't understand it, then I ain't the person for you. And you have to be okay with that, which are, because some of us who are empaths, like that's what they call it, or very empathetic people, you'll burn yourself out to keep people from burning. And then they are set up for earning and you still just drained and burnt out. Hope down. Uh, let's see, I got time for maybe two or three more and I gotta go. Okay, Joshua. Kira Franklin says, how can you stop backsliding? How do you not allow idle time to be spent? Great question. Backsliding is when you become distracted to follow something else other than God. Um, God has become a bore to you. God has lost his interest in your eyes, right? And so you begin to slide back into old sins. Some people slide back to old sins, number one, because God has become boring. Um, The Christian walk has become mundane to them. Um, uh, They're in the middle of a trial. Um, um, They're just uh, a really bad, weak moment that got them, and now they just whatever. And so they backslide. They're sliding back into old sins, sliding back into old ways of thinking sliding back to old ways of feeling sliding 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 back right so how do you stop backsliding number one you have to ask yourself why did i slide back number two i have to ask myself uh what about god have i lost my awe for my interest for and my interest in right what what's caused me like all of us know what was the initial slide see some of us on slide three slide four we don't move about four or five slides down right but we know what caused the initial slide. And then you have to compare what caused the initial slide to God himself and be like, man, God, you've been too good. Number one thing I will say is begin to reflect on the goodness of God towards you, that even in his grace and mercy, he kept you in the middle of this backsliding state and that, that, that he doesn't want you to be there. Number two, you got to investigate where you sliding to. Number one, you got to ask yourself, what caused me to slide? Number two, you got to ask yourself, what you got to begin to process who you sliding from. And number three, you got to process what you sliding to. (laughs) What caused the slide? Who you sliding from? And where you sliding to? Where you going? (laughs) Because, Because if you sliding back, you have to really look and get a clear picture of all three. And then compare the three to find yourself back to he, back to God. So what caused you to slide first? Disappointment. A lot of people slide back because they're mad at God and God ain't do nothing wrong. you just mad at how God wants you to live right and do right. And so all of a sudden now you got mad at God because God didn't bring your husband in time. He didn't bring your wife in time. He didn't bring this in time. So now you're mad at God. So you turned around. You didn't even slide back. You turned your back and just whoosh, slid down like you're going down a slope. You didn't even care. Some people slide back because someone disappointed them. Someone slide back because they got into relation to God, told not to even get into, and now their heart is broken, and now they slide them back into an old eating lifestyle, old sexual lifestyle, et cetera. They got to ask yourself, who are you sliding from? Look at God and say, man, man, you've been too good. Why am I sliding from you? And you've been good to me. And God, you won't hold anything good for me until I'm good enough for the good that you have for me. Then I trust your timing and I will be content with wherever I am because I know you are building me, stretching me and developing me into the person I need to be. Then you yourself. where am I sliding to? What All sin have consequences. You can't win with sin. The wage of sin is death. What is going to die in my life if I keep sliding back? Then we have a clear picture of what you're sliding to and the consequences of it, and how it can be destructive in your life and others, and then you ask yourself who you're sliding from, and you begin to reflect on the goodness of God, and then you ask them, what caused me to slide? Then you will find yourself repentant on the inside, saying, God, you renew my mind, change me, and God's going to give you a piece of surpass all you understand that will erase any guilt, shame, condemnation that you may feel, because God's going to be like, man, you're good, come on back. He says, how do you not allow idle time to be spent? You got to begin to start investing in the development of you, number one, development of the relationship with God. And number three, development of your craft. There's always time to spend. For me, there's always time I could spend on my book. There's always time I could spend on something that's that's for me. I can I can always make time for my wife. I can always make time for my daughter. I can always make time for me. I can always make time for God. I can always make time for my books and, and ideas and stuff. There's not an idle time in my life because I always got something to make time for. And if you're not married, don't have no kids, I mean, you got more time to go to the gym, more time to look up recipes, change your diet, more time um, to spend time with God, more. Th- There's always more time you can spend. There's no cap on how much time you can spend reading your Bible. There's no cap on how long you can pray. There's no cap on how long you can spend creatively uh, creating things. There's no cap. We just have idle time because we don't think we're immature, insecure, ignorant. Or we're entitled. Right. And we just feel like God's supposed to do everything. God's supposed to make my time. No, you spend your time. There's always something productive to do. And whatever it is that's causing that's counterproductive to your productivity, you got to put a you got to put an end to it. You got to say, okay, there's. I maybe I shouldn't have the internet in my house. <clears throat> maybe I should get a flip phone. I tell people who struggle with pornography, get a flip phone. If, if, if the iPhone's too much for you, if 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 your laptop's too much for you, leave your laptop at work. Get a typewriter. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. <clears throat> if you can pull up porn on the typewriter, man, use something. But listen, you, there's always a way to downgrade. Get you a typewriter, get you a flip phone, and 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 and, and then let's keep it going. Accountability. Get someone, covenant eyes. Get an app. Get someone to hold you accountable. There's always something you can do to hold you accountable enough until you can account for yourself to some degree. There's always time to spend, to extend, to grow, etc. Thank you, Karen Franklin. Thank you so much. Let's see here. Let me make sure it's in my wife me. Oh, that's just a comment, YouTube comment. <clears throat> oh, I scrolled too far. Jazz says, why do people establish unhealthy habits in the areas they experience trauma in? Because they know no better. They know no better. and And people are just trying their best to figure out whatever. Um, but see, the, the issue is, is perspective. A lot of things is unhealthy in our eyes. Those people see it as healthy in their eyes. They see it as to some de- some degree as beneficial. Like when I was overeating, when I was watching porn, all that kind of stuff. I, even though it was unhealthy, I made it healthy to me. I made it a tool that I use to get me through just enough. Unhealthy habits are people from trauma are temporary band aids, and so they don't. They they're just doing whatever they can to help ease the pain at the moment. right. And a lot of people don't even know what to do for long term um, healing from traumatic experience. Right. And so they establish the unhealthy habits in our eyes. They're unhealthy. But to them is what they're doing to get them by moment by moment versus drinking from the well of God. They'll never thirst again. So that's the reason why people do that. That's right. G. Noel. Healing happens when habits change. Uh, Healing happens when habits end. Yes. Yeah. When bad habits end, healing happens right? Healing happens when habits change. I got to change habits. Jazz says, is this your first daughter? Yes, yeah, my first child. Very first one, my brother. Excited about it. Delicia says, how do you know you are healing or have been healed delivered from a behavior or situation? Okay. Uh, let's start with the first. How do you know you are healing or have been healed? I'm guessing it's emotional, mental, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when you begin to see no residue of what happened to you, Where when you think about that individual or that situation, it doesn't sting anymore. You know you're healing. That's two different things. Healing and healed are two different things. You know you're healing when when you think about the situation or think about the specific person. It doesn't have that sting anymore. You're healing when you begin to see it stinging less. Healed means it doesn't sting anymore. That now it has now graduated into the testimony realm. It has graduated into I could tell this to stories to help other people around. Right. Healing means that that when you first when it first happened to you felt that thing and then it is now becoming more diluted. You dilute the pain of a situation by infusing the gain from the situation. Right. You got to put some gain like some dish, some laundry detergent. You got to clean that. You got to put some gain in there. You see what I'm saying? If you don't want to feel the same, put in some gain. Like if you don't want to feel the pain, see how you can gain from the pain. Right. And so the, the the pain becomes diluted when you begin to see what Christ has caused you to gain from it. Right. He's giving you the spirit, the power, the ability to gain from it. Right. And then you begin to say, OK, what can I what can I do? What can I learn from this situation? What can I earn from this situation so I don't continue to burn from this situation? Then you begin to see yourself healing because now you're not idle anymore. Now you begin to look like Christ did on the cross to the people, says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. That's what helped me forgive a lot of people in my life. I forgive the people who betrayed me, that talked about me, whatever, because they didn't know they, what they were doing. They don't know what they were doing because they could have been used demonically. They could have been used whatever. For, I forgive them because they probably didn't even know what they was doing because if they knew just what kind of person I was, they probably wouldn't have done it. That gets me over the offense quicker. They don't know. When a kid talks crap, they don't even know. They don't even know. They don't know no better. So why am I going to get upset about someone? Why am I going to get upset about someone doing something to me when that someone doesn't know enough about me to really know what it means um um to be me or even have enough intel to actually talk about me? Why am I going to indulge myself in idiotic uh contemplations of someone that that is ignorant about who I am and who God has made me to be? So I get over it quickly. Healed means there's no you there's no impact. There's no pull tug love hate for you know you've been healed now you said deliver from a behavior situation you deliver you your behaviors change there's three b's i want you to remember belong belief and behave behaviors change when people's beliefs change people's beliefs change when their belongings change so when you know you belong to god you begin to believe differently When you know that God loves you and you begin to know that you are his son or daughter and you know that you belong to the kingdom of God, that you belong to him as a child of God, then you start allowing that belonging to change the way you believe. The issue is people have been longing for a long time, but haven't really been in a place where they belong to God. They're longing to belong. They're longing for someone, but they're looking for that belonging in the wrong places. And then your beliefs change. When you change the way you believe about yourself because you have in invested in you enough spiritually to know that God loves you, man, next thing you know, you start having such belief. You believe that you can do anything um, through Christ's strength. You believe that you're God's son or daughter. You believe, strong belief. And then that belief changes your behavior. If you, became, if you believe that you're going to be successful, you'll start changing the way you dress. When you really believe that you're a God-fearing man, a God-fearing woman, uh someone that God is walking with and someone's destined for success, man, you change your clothes. You've been—you've seen this a lot of people. Girls went from a strip pole to the corporate office. There's a lot of lot of people who used to gang bangs now owning 15 different businesses. They changed because they belong to something different. They believe different. Now they behave different. Hope to help. God, my cousin, what's going on? Hi, cousin, congrats to little up She's been, thank you so much. Man, my wife did good, man. Made a beautiful baby. I'm so glad. God is faithful. Golden Chris says, prayers needed for a new job. interview today. Can you pray? Yeah, I can pray for you. Lord, I pray for my brother sister that's watching right now that's about to go on this interview. I pray, Father, give them a peace that surpasses all understanding they will be able to guard their heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray um, that if this is your will, Father, you'll give them what to say and how to say it. And, Father, I pray that your favor be with them, that they'll be able to find the job that they that you have for them in this season, God. And I pray their trust continues to be in you, knowing that you are ultimately their provider until you provide the right situation for them to provide for themselves financially in the way they were supposed to. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' I do pray. Amen. Congrats on the new baby, Coach. Thank you so much, D.D. I appreciate you. This is so good for me right now. You're so welcome, G. Noel. I pray it continues to be a pleasant blessing to you. <clears throat> Jesus took our sins Hello coach Josh regarding this person's question What if you feel guilty to leave them Because if you pour into them Give them godly advice to bring them closer to God uh, You can't feel guilty Sometimes the reason why we feel guilty about helping other people is because we've become God to them That's why I make sure I stay who I am I am, I, I am not the I am that I am I am not uh, uh, everything to, <coughs> I can't be <coughs> excuse me, I can't be everything to everyone I don't feel guilty when I can't help people because, because at the end of the day, now it's the way you set up your ministry. If you set up your ministry to be there, God, then you're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel obligated to be there for them. But if you establish your ministry and you establish how you serve people as a nurse versus a doctor, see, nobody who is, uh, they may ask for the nurse more often than a doctor, but when it comes to surgery, they want the doctor. <laughs> Excuse me. What I'm trying to say is, as for instance, if I if I treat if I make my ministry nursing and not doctoring, then then I can establish less guilt in me when I have to uh, look out for me. We're just supposed to be nurses, supplying the doctor, helping the doctor, checking vitals, you know. And, and, and checking, like all I do is check vitals on people, you know, like, okay, I'm seeing that your heart rate's a little high for that person. I begin to see your heart rate's a little bit too low towards God. I begin to see that you don't have um, high blood pressure to <laughs> not put it in. I, I'm noticing, all I'm supposed to do is check the vitals. Check the vitals and supply the medicine, supply the word of God. God is the only one that can truly doctor. He's the only one that can truly become the surgeon. I can assist the surgeon, but I can't do the surgery. And so it is God's responsibility to draw him. The Bible says some plant. That means some people evangelize, some people sow the seed. Some people I just give, it could be through a video and I sow the seed. Some water, the water means discipling. Water means that I'm here with you. I'm discipling, I'm watering. But God gets the increase. God is the one that determines the increase. So let the sun shine. <laughs> That's powerful. Plant the seed, water the seed, but let the, let the sun shine. And when the sun shines, we know for a fact that it'll grow in time. Hope they all right, I'll been going 32 minutes. Let me see how many questions I have. Uh, all right, last two. Uh, Jody Real. Jody Real says, I have, to, I have to move back with my parents because of my rent going up and other things like unaffordable hospital bills. How to be at peace when I'm used to being independent. It's only for a season. Perspective is everything. Being optimistic is everything. The perspective says it's only temporary. It's not permanent. That will help you navigate any, any tough situation like that. And don't feel bad about it. Stack your money. You know what I'm saying? It's a blessing to have parents that you can move back into. And don't feel bad as a man for doing that. You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't it, whatever you got to do before you have a boo, you do it. But when you have a boo, make sure you have enough established, enough money, whatever, whatever, so that you won't have to, Y'all don't have to move back with your parents. <laughs> So it's okay. There ain't nothing wrong with a temporary situation. As long as you keep it temporary. All right, guys, I got to go. Love y'all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. I pray that was a blessing to you. Check out my website uh, for books like Facts Over Feelings, a book to help you process your feelings, get back to fulfilling your purpose, a book, a wholeness Journal, to help you hold the important things of life better. We also have a card game to go with that as well. Also, check out my book, The Purpose of Singleness, if you want to better understand the purpose of it so you can maximize it. Also, if you're in a dated relationship or single, this will be a great book to really uh, see what kind of questions should be asked or uh, uh etc to find out if that person should pass on to the next level with you. Also, looking for a book to better discern what's in front of you, whether it's a counterfeit counterpart, you want to better understand how to confirm and discern the things that God has for you, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book to help you understand the purpose of freedom and how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book to help you better understand the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare, this book, World War Me, is a great resource. If you're looking for a book to help your young person better understand who they are and what they're supposed to do in life. This book, as he says, would be a great resource for you. Also, we have merch on our website, all on my website now, unplug.com I'll go ahead and post the links here for my website and all that good stuff. Um, let me see if that works. I think that, yeah, there we go. So I pray y'all was blessed by, I'll check out my singleness community for singles only. I think I will be going, I should be going um, on Zoom with them tonight. We're going to be talking about, uh, what are talking about today? We're talking about gifts and, and skills and, and how that uh, will spin the wheels in your marriage and, and next phase of your life and how that will continue to supply it. So if you want to be a part of that community, check out the membership uh, prices there. Uh, let me post that link too for the singles community. Uh, so there's different price, price points. I'll show that in a minute. <clears throat> you can join now for $14.99 a month or... Uh, one4 as that's supposed to be 140 but yeah 140 a month or uh 40 dollars a month you get different uh, access points there we're getting it back geared up very strong now that I got my baby out um but thank y'all so much for trusting me um with your questions I really am humbled by it I pray y'all bless I see y'all next time peace